While there were definitely some positives this year for the Giants, it's definitely going to go down as a very disappointing season. So much so that some industry insiders believe that the Giants have actually damaged their reputation. So what did these insiders have to say? Do I agree with what they said? We'll get into it next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. My name is Ben Kaspic, and on the show, we provide daily episodes, Monday through Friday, talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. I'm a, for- I'm a former contributor for the baseball statistics and analysis websites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs. I've been podcasting about the Giants since 2015, and I'm a lifelong fan. Thank you for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever it is that you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So check us out there and please hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're following uh, Lockdown Giants. Also, swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you could win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. And coming up on today's show, no, we're not going to spend too much time just like breaking down the Giants losing three out of four to the Dodgers because it has come to the point where it's essentially irrelevant, sadly, because the Giants... uh, you know, per fan graph, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that they're basically completely done. They're two games under 500. They're five games back in the wild card race with six games to play, and they lose the tiebreaker with the th- with the current third place wild card team. So it's over, and you knew that already. Giants are not going to the playoffs, which is just a huge, huge letdown. Which kind of segues into this point about did they damage their reputation and what what do I mean by that what I mean by that is there's this you know it wasn't just Andrew Baggerly I feel like I read a very similar piece maybe it was in the San Francisco Chronicle with Susan Slusser I wish that I had that but the one I read today and wanted to discuss was by Andrew Baggerly in the Athletic and basically he talks about how the Giants if they have one thing going for them, it had. If they had one thing going for them, it had been their reputation with basically getting the most out of pitchers and being able to attract pitchers to their organization. And they had a lot of success. Think Kevin Gosman. Think Drew Smiley was really good when he was here. Think I mean Logan Webb's development. Think Camilo Duvall's development. Carlos Rodon. Uh, and in their first years here, Alex Wood and Anthony DiScalfani. Also, a good success story is Alex Cobb. So that's just rattling off quite a few names just in a matter of a, of a handful of years. But, however, basically, uh, there's talk from quote-unquote industry insiders who 
according to Baggerly, quote, believe that the Giants damaged that reputation this season because they responded to early season struggles from Alex Wood, Sean Mania, and Ross Stripling by putting them in bulk reliever roles as the line of thinking goes, they opened themselves up to doubts from the next crop of free agent starters. Would the Giants' next potential rotation targets be concerned that they'd be subjected to a similar fate if they didn't get off to a good start? End quote. And so, basically, like, I'm just kind of, it kind of takes me a minute to even process this because. I essentially don't really agree with that because these guys not they didn't just not get off to a good start. They were terrible. They were unplayable. Like they I feel like the Giants had to make the moves that they made with these guys when they did. We're talking like I remember earlier early in the season just discussing how Sean Manaya and Ross Dripling, their numbers were like basically the worst in the league. It was like Worst and second worst. They were just dreadful. You get Ross Stripling, and it's lasted the whole season for Stripling. Manaya, I would say, like almost completely has turned it around. And guess what? He's back in that starting rotation. There's definitely a case that it took too long to put Manaya back into the rotation. There's conflicting messaging. We're hearing Farhan Zaidi like before the trade deadline talking about how they want to get back to a more traditional five-man rotation and then you've got Sean Manaya pitching great in this role out of the bullpen you know three four innings at a time or whatever and yet they didn't put him back in the rotation so if you say you want to get back to the five-man rotation and one of your best pitchers who was a starter is pitching great in a relief role, why was he not put back into the rotation until the last couple weeks recently, like months after those comments were made? And so that one I don't quite get, but like Stripling and Wood, just look up their numbers and tell me that they like didn't deserve to get moved out of the rotation. Like the Giants were trying to win games and these guys were not helping. And so... I guess, like, if there's anyone to blame, it's kind of the front office for signing these guys or the development staff for not getting the most out of them or just the pitchers themselves for not pitching well enough. But I personally don't think that these examples, except in the case maybe of Sean Manaya, are great ones because all it takes is looking at the numbers and saying, well, they were terrible. So why would the Giants want to have them in that starting rotation. And so uh, continuing on, Baggerly says, um, in the view of several prominent baseball minds outside the organization, ooh, prominent baseball minds, whatever, like who are we talking about? Don't know. Uh, quote, the Giants' atypical usage patterns with both pitchers and hitters, their only true rotation pieces over a lengthy stretch of the summer were Logan Webb and Alex Cobb. And on the position player side, nobody on the roster has been immune to a platoon or pinch hitter. Ben, I'm going to take a Ben pause here and say, that is not entirely true. I don't believe that at any point Tyro Estrada has been platooned or pinch hit for. Like he's, he's just 
When he's been out there, he's been an everyday player. And so I wouldn't say nobody's been immune to it. But outside of that, it's true. Uh, And then continuing on, Baggerly says, that'll make it difficult to cultivate trust with players they attempt to sign this winter. And on the position player side, I agree with it. Although, although, actually, Baggerly continues. He says, to wit, outfielder Mitch Hanniger, whose $43.5 million contract was the largest guaranteed sum the Giants handed out this past offseason, has found himself in a bench role after he struggled upon returning from a fractured forearm three weeks ago. Okay, interjection again. He also struggled before the the forearm fracture. It's not like he was good, fractured his forearm, came back, was bad, and then they benched him. He's just been bad the whole season when he's been on the field. Uh, okay, continuing on, Hanniger, who met over the weekend with Giants manager Gabe Kapler, is keeping a stiff upper lip and a stiff lower one, too, in his public comments. Hanniger says, quote, not being in the lineup every day is because I haven't produced. If I produce, I'll be in the lineup, and so I'm just trying to make the most of every opportunity I get. I feel like if you're swinging the bat really well, you can force the manager to be in the lineup. And unfortunately, I haven't been doing that, so other guys are getting opportunities, and I'm just going to focus on getting better and working hard. And then Baggerly says that's what rookies are supposed to say, not someone who is an established veteran and is getting paid like one. End quote. And so I that is like the one I disagree with the most because he has just played terribly and the Giants were trying to win games and and he was not helping them do that at all. I mean, just look up the numbers. It's the same thing as uh, you know, stripling and Alex Wood. I mean, uh, we're talking, um, Handiger's only played 60 games, but it's 226 plate appearances and a 72 weighted runs created plus about 30% below average. He's just consistently like chasing sliders out of the zone, uh, chasing fastballs in off the zone. And when he gets pitches to hit, he's not hitting them or he's hitting them on the ground to the left side. So, he, I don't think Hanniger's like keeping a stiff upper lip or whatever. I think he's he's being honest, saying like I don't, I just have. If you if I played better, I would be playing, but I've stunk, and so they're trying some other guys right now, especially now that they're out of it. Um, they they know who Hanniger is, but you want to get a look at a Tyler Fitzgerald, or you want to get more looks at Luis Matos or whatever. It makes sense, like given Hanniger's just not playing well. To just say, look, shut it down, come back next year, try to be better. I just don't buy that they that benching these players who have been awful is some kind of look, I think that there's a they have damaged their reputation in some ways, but these are not the examples as to why. So I will kind of give my examples as to why and in what areas I think they have damaged their reputation and also discuss the departure of their director of pitching. Is it the first of many coaching staff changes? It very well could be. We'll get into it in just a minute. And before we do, today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Do you need fresh groceries for the week but don't have the time or desire to go to the store like me? I have, I just cannot 
stand going to the grocery store? Well, try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need right to your door. You and I have trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers as well. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you'll find the best in your neighborhood and and boost your local economy with each and every order. Do you want even more value? Well, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership, which I have myself. It has saved me a lot of money, a lot, trust me. Um, And right now, you can get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Limited time offer terms apply. That's 50% off up to a $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. All right, as promised, we are going to discuss uh, how I do think the Giants have damaged their reputation and how it's not about benching players, benching or moving to different roles, players who have been terrible. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day is tomorrow. Yeah, we'll be breaking down, like, I, I find it really fun to be watching these young players. I've discussed how I'm kind of discouraged that we only have now six games left to get a look at these guys like Kyle Harrison's going to make a start not tonight but tomorrow Uh, Marco Luciano has been impressive to me Tyler Fitzgerald has been impressive to me and on and on and it's a great pitching matchup and the Giants and the Padres are they have the same record and it's a great matchup with Logan Webb going up against Blake Snell with Cy Young implications the Giants play the San Diego Padres tonight at what time? I'm guessing 6.45? 6.45 Pacific, and you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. And so I think Baggerly's point when he says that no... Um, when he says that there are atypical usage patterns of both pitchers and hitters, and then he discusses the fact that just Logan Webb and Alex Cobb were their only rotation pieces for a lengthy stretch and that almost nobody on the roster has been immune to a platoon partner or pinch hitter. Almost nobody. I don't, when did they ever platoon or pinch hit for Tyro Estrada? I don't think that ever happened, but we're talking about one player. Also like Patrick Bailey, they never platooned him. He just didn't, doesn't always start because He's a catcher and he needs rest. And the idea was for Conforto and Hanniger to be everyday players as well. But they, you know, Han- uh, Conforto, look at the numbers against lefties. He just hasn't performed. He's been mediocre uh, this season overall. And Han- Hanniger's just been completely like Tommy Lastella like, you know, just a guy more so than Lastella, even who had a reputation and track record of performance and just hasn't performed at all. And so that goes maybe like to the coaching staff, like maybe there's damage to the reputation of their ability to get the most out of hitters, which they had for a minute. But I think that that 
may not be the case anymore. I mean, so many of their hitters, Conforto and Hanniger included, like certainly they did not get the most out of them this season. And man, it just makes me sad that we're talking about this like this season as, as if it's over because it is. And it flew by for me. I remember opening day like it was yesterday. And anyway, uh, they do need, they definitely, the way that they do things, I think it's too extreme. I think that they, like, and the way that they've treated their young players isn't really mentioned here. Like how guys like Tristan Beck, I guess it is kind of uh, included in the usage pattern comment. Like young pitchers like Tristan Beck, haven't been given opportunities to start even when he maybe showed signs of deserving it and Keaton win. And like, instead they'll, they'll start. Sometimes they'll have an opener sometimes and they'll get options sometimes, even though they are pitching well, like Tristan Beck at least once, maybe even twice was optioned while pitching well and stuff like that, I think does damage the reputation and certainly having two, not good seasons in a row damages the reputation. And so I think changes need to happen. I'm not sure exactly what that means. Brian Bannister departing is kind of like a change that they didn't make themselves, but is a major change. And so he was the director of pitching and he just left. He just up and left for the Chicago White Sox. He said that he, um, it's it's a better work-life balance opportunity for him there. Don't know exactly what that means, but maybe a little bit uh, less work, I guess, maybe. But uh, Baggerly's point is that how is that going to impact their pitching infrastructure and how is it going to be viewed throughout the industry? Because Bannister had a big impact and a lot of pitchers kind of came here partially because they wanted to work with Brian Bannister. And so I would say... They need to find the best and brightest again, like, and for no other reason than them being the best and brightest. And that includes on the hitting side. And I think that if there's anything that's likely to happen in terms of significant change, it would, I would put my money on like some hitting coach shakeups. And I mean, there's been talk of the possibility of Gabe Kapler not being the manager next year. Of course, Greg Johnson, Giants chairman, said that Kapler would be back. He didn't say he would be back as the manager necessarily. So I've I've had like wild ideas of um, Kapler being reassigned to a different role and maybe bringing in Donnie Ecker as the manager and offensive coordinator. Whereas right now in Texas, he's the bench coach and offensive coordinator. So I don't know. I'm just, that's a wild idea. I'm not, I never want to like hope for someone to get fired. I guess I have in the past, but I don't know. These are higher level decisions than, uh, you know, my pay grade. I'm just here to discuss the team. I know a lot of fans are kind of fed up with a lot of the stuff and I get it. I think that in year four and five with an 81 win season last year, who knows this year exactly where they'll end up, but they're going to have to play well just to get to 500. Uh, it's uh, I understand frustration every, every little bit of it. 
And when you're doing things in a super atypical way and you're not winning, that is a recipe for frustration for sure. And so that's where they've damaged their reputation. It's like they're totally, you know, living in their own universe in terms of how they do things and it's not working. And so that's going to damage the reputation within the industry and among the fans. And that needs to change. They need to do something to fix that, in my opinion. But Bannister could be the first of many uh, changes to the coaching staff. And it possibly could extend to Gabe Kapler. We've heard that it won't, but, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that somebody said something and then went back on it. And so we'll see. They're not technically eliminated. Sometimes changes happen as soon as you're eliminated, and they could be eliminated as soon as tonight with a loss. I think even just one more loss. Well, no. It's kind of complicated. But if they lose and the Cubs win, it's over. Like, officially over. So, coming up in just a minute, we're going to switch gears a little bit and discuss the young players. I would say that all of them, there's been a lot of them and none of them have been perfect. We're not sitting here talking about some perfect rookie who's come up and it's just, you know, the Buster Posies of the world where it's like, this is the rookie of the year, hands down, and a cornerstone piece for the future forever. That was Posey in 2010. We didn't get that exactly this year, but there's been a lot of youth, a lot of imperfection, but a lot of hope that they've provided. So we'll just kind of get into that in some quotes from Kapler about it, specifically about Luis Matos, in just a minute. And before we do, this episode today is brought to you by Sleeper. The MLB playoffs are around the corner. We are less than a week away from the end of the regular season. And this means the clock is ticking on your chance to win 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball's never been more exciting than it is right now with studs around the league like Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, who, you know, he's great, but man, is he a Dodger, and that makes him my nemesis. Also, Shohei Otani, so many others. Pick more or less on your favorite stats for these stars, or just check out the Giants game like I do. You can see right here, if you're watching on YouTube, I've got the Sleeper app open, and you can... You know, scroll through all these different players. I One of the matchups I like tonight is Austin Slater to draw a walk, for example. I'm taking the over on 0.5 walks with a 2.85 uh, X payout. Uh, Blake Snell walks a lot of hitters. Austin Slater is going to be leading off probably against Snell. And so it's just a lot of fun. Any game you want to check out. So many different players from each game and so many different stats for each player. So anyway, please check it out. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. That's it. Check it out. All right, here we go. We're going to get into the youth and the promise but also the imperfection. Thanks again for making Locked on Giants your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow, Blake Snell versus Logan Webb. It's a really fun matchup. And 
there's a lot on the line in terms of maybe pride here with the Padres and trying to finish ahead of them. Right now, these two teams do have identical records. The Padres are playing the best they've played all season, but it looks to be too little too late. Just as the Giants seem like it's impossible, it'll be impossible for them to overcome a five-game deficit with six to play the Padres are in the same position so the Giants with a win and a Cubs loss could eliminate the Padres tonight and so that is what I want to see is the Giants eliminating the Padres and and I have this image of like basically you know like samurai fighters and they both kind of plunge the sword into one another at the same time uh and I think that that could happen in here in this series where the Giants eliminate the Padres and the Padres eliminate the Giants. That's probably the most likely outcome of this series, which would be kind of funny. But if the Giants want to finish ahead of the Padres, they probably need to win this series. So tonight with your ace on the mound, they've not been able to score for him, but it's a big game one. Giants play the Padres at 645 Pacific. And you can catch every pitch of the Giants' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app, Search Giants. So, the rookies for the San Francisco Giants, there have been a lot of them. And can I filter by rookies? I think I can. Uh, Somewhere on fan... There we go. Rookies for the Giants... Uh, they've they've had a lot of them this year. And that's a good thing because it's not just like they're random rookies. It is that they're uh, rookies who have promise for the future. And in some cases, like Marco Luciano and Patrick Bailey, specifically those two, I think, on the position player side, and then and, and Luis Matos as well, uh, look like significant future pieces and then on the on the pitching side we're talking about uh Kyle Harrison Ryan Walker Keaton Wynn Tristan Beck I think there's a lot of promise on the pitching side from a rookie perspective but like I said none of these guys are Buster Posey and I think I think we've proven that those comparisons to Posey that were made for Patrick Bailey I said at the time I don't I don't like that comparison. I think it's premature and I didn't think he the I didn't think the bat was quite going to line up with what Posey not even quite like at all. We I think that I I comped him more to Yadier Molina and then there was some scouts who said the same thing recently anonymously uh in like a national article. But anyway, like Bailey's put up three Fangraphs wins above replacement, despite being about twenty percent below average offensively. That's how good he's been with the glove. Sable is a rookie, definitely imperfect, thirty-four percent strikeout rate, but has been a contributor and had big moments and had big at bats and has generally been like solid. I guess you you would say Marco Luciano has struck out in almost half of his plate appearances, which is obviously unsustainable and somehow yet he's managed to have a 116 weighted runs created plus I think he's looked pretty good at shortstop this is where I'm saying I'm sad that we don't get a longer look at him Tyler Fitzgerald it's been four games Luciano it's only been eight games uh, but Fitzgerald had a couple more hits last night he hit his first home run over the weekend 
And so happy to be getting a look at him. Sad that we only have six games remaining. And then we saw Wade Meckler. I think there's promise there. And Luis Matos. There's also Casey Schmidt, but Schmidt really struggled, really, really struggled with the bat. And, you know, the defense wasn't good enough to overcome his struggles with the bat. But in the case of Luis Matos, it's really interesting because, and I have discussed this before, you know, just today, I have not I have not liked his defense in center field. And I just found this quote from Gabe Kapler, a little bit harsh, to be honest, but also you know, honest. And it it was in this same baggerly piece. And Kapler said about Matos, quote, he has not been a good defender in center so far, period. He goes on. He's been fine in the corners. He needs to be better at all three outfield positions. He needs to be more physical. At 21 years old, it's totally fine. At 22, 23, 24, he should be more physical. If we look back in three years and he's not significantly more physical, then we've failed him. But he needs to be able to play all three positions and he needs to be marginally quicker. So that's one of my criticisms of Kapler sometimes is, I mean, we're we're coming from Bochi, who would like never say a bad word publicly about his players. And I'm not saying that either style is right or wrong, but you know, one of the first, remember one of the first things Kapler said was like, Brandon Crawford has at times been a plus defender at shortstop in his career. That was like one of the first public comments from Kapler at the winter meetings before his first, his first season as manager. He hadn't even managed a game and they asked about Crawford and he said, he's been at times a plus defender at short and like, that upset Crawford and they had to have a conversation about it. So this is a similar type of comment just to say he has not been a good defender in center so far. And it's like, it may be true, but is it, do you really have to be so honest with the media? And in some ways I appreciate the honesty. And in some ways, like when he said that about Crawford, it was true that Crawford was showing real signs of decline defensively. And so Kapler was just being honest so there's a case to make that honesty is all right, but I think like a middle ground where it's like you're honest, but maybe you phrase it a little bit differently. So it's more like reading between the lines versus so blunt, because if Mato sees that and you haven't said it like directly to his face, or even if you have, it comes across as harsh, but it's true. I have not liked his defense in center. The metrics haven't liked his defense in center. And certainly Kapler hasn't liked his defense in center. And it's funny because Kruk and Kipe, and this is what I, if you heard me discussing this a while ago, it was back when they were in Anaheim and he just took, he made some big mistakes out there. And I went on kind of a rambling rant about how I just thought that Matos was not performing well in center, but like Kruk and Kipe are talking about how great he is in center. So no disrespect to Kruk and Kite, but I just don't agree. And neither does Kapler and neither do metric, like all the different kind of metrics that are out there based on, you know, a lot of the metrics are like based on people watching the games and evaluating. They're not just like computerized or whatever, but even the ones that are computerized, which I think are even better, like outs above average, 
hate Matos in center and his speed. Like Kapler said, he needs to be quicker. People say, oh, he's so fast, but he's really not that fast and below average speed for a center fielder. So anyway, but like he, like Kapler said, he's 21 and yeah, thickening up is going to be important for him because he's got to hit for more power, I think. And if he does that, he has a chance to be a special player, but he's 21 and maybe he already turned 22, but future's bright. And I want to see more of Luciano. There's, you know, certainly those guys and Bailey coming up this year is a bright spot for the season. And then also on the pitching side, Ryan Walker established himself as a good reliever. Keaton Wynn established himself as a guy I want to see a lot more of. Tristan Beck, same thing. And definitely Kyle Harrison as well. So those that's the positive of 2023 for me is all of those young players I just mentioned and how they all are imperfect. But I can see a future like and potentially stardom for some of them down the road, but not just yet. And then maybe useful big leaguer out of several of them, even if they're not stars. Anyway, that is all the time we have for today. Thanks again for making Lockdown Giants your first listen every day, every day or tomorrow, breaking down whatever the heck goes on in this game, hopefully eliminating the Padres. That would be a lot of fun, and I would look forward to that. But whatever happens, we'll be back. Once again, my name is Ben Kaspik. Check me out on X at Ben Kaspik, K-A-S. P-I-C-K. If you like this show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Helps me out a lot. So thanks in advance and thanks to everyone who's done so already. Cannot wait to be with you again tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. You are now Locked on Giants.